0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian,
1: and I'm Stormy.
0: And this week we are going to be diving into true crime. This is going to be—I mean, technically, it's our second true crime episode. But you did have some true crime stories in our chilling and killing episode, so I guess kind of give or take, I guess. But it's our second true crime episode, so I'm excited.
1: What was, there was somebody on Twitter that said, like, wine time and crime.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, we're not drinking wine. I'm drinking vodka.
1: I'm also drinking vodka, so. Cheers.
0: Wow, cheers. Happy spookies. (laughs) Okay, and also, guys, we are recording differently today. We can see each other, because we've been very ambitious with this podcast, and we've been, you know, uh, Glitter and Jesus have been our savior, and... (laughs) (laughs) but we can actually see each other today so we're a little nervous we hope everything goes really smooth because we're trying to test some things out and just try to figure out what we can start doing with this um podcast pretty much but yeah we can see each other so this is fun hi stormy
1: hi i'm not like talking to the walls in my house Sometimes I stare at the lamp and I pretend it's you.
0: Oh, oh, wow. I wish I was that thin. Wow, skinny queen. Wow, skinny queen. Okay, well, listen, we have a fun show today. I feel like there's a lot of fun stuff that we need to talk about. A lot of stuff that I'm going to freak out about probably. And we actually had a listener that reached out who wanted us to look into a short film that they helped kind of create. So I'm very excited to kind of get into everything. I also saw Freaky this week. So there's just a lot happening and we're thriving, I guess, as much as we can be
1: quarantine has not killed us
0: yet not yet not yet but you know what before we get into everything else we might as well start with the traditional this week in horror so there's one thing we're going to be discussing this week and it's probably going to be a lengthy conversation as it typically is but Scream Five has officially wrapped production. They're done, and there's a lot to talk about here. So first and foremost, since Scream has been fully completed, Kevin Williamson did come onto Twitter and stated that this, um, and stated that the film is now officially going to be called Just Scream. So Scream 5 has been dropped and we kind of talked about this beforehand when I was, you know, we kept calling it Scream 5 and I said, it's not official, so we'll call it that because it's easy, but it was never made official, but now it's completely knocked off and it's just going to be called Scream. So the internet was up in arms about this. So, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about the name change?
1: Um, So see, I don't know that I would specifically want it to be called Scream 5, Just because we want to be a little bit more creative, not that we have been with the past (laughs) four films, but usually when we're just using like the title over again, it's a reimagination or a reboot, and that's not Mm. what we're going for as far as I know, so what the fuck are we doing?
0: what's happening see to me because people were so up in arms about it and they were so like distressed about it and to me it's not that deep because people were very just like they were triggered by it they really were they were very upset about it and i can kind of i guess see where they're coming from just in terms of like i guess keeping it original but not i don't know it's kind of hard to kind of Okay. I mean, I'll just be honest. I don't, I don't understand where they're coming from with the hate. I don't get it. I think it's kind of silly to be that upset about it. Cause to me, I think it's perfectly reasonable with just calling it scream. Cause if we're kind of looking from like a marketing standpoint, maybe if you see scream five, if you're going to the theater and you're just a random 14 year old and you're just like, you know, with your group of friends or whatever, and you see scream five, you're going to think, Oh, scream five. They're still doing this. This is kind of ridiculous. What's the point of watching this? Let's watch. I don't know, The Conjuring 3 or whatever is in the theater at that time. Who knows? But, you know, as a 14-year-old, you're just going to have that mindset. But if you see Scream and you haven't really seen, you know, trailers or anything for it, you're going to say, oh, Scream? Well, I remember that movie. It's an older movie. Sad. I'm sad that that's what they'll think. But they're like, you know, it's an older movie, so maybe they're rebooting it or something. Let's check it out. So to me, I think it just makes more sense kind of drawing in a newer, younger generation. And I mean, we just saw it with Halloween, too. I mean, Halloween 2018 did the exact same thing, and they were hugely successful as a film. So I think it'll be just fine. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Um, But also, we just did that with the MTV series.
0: You're right. I completely forget about the MTV (laughs) series. It's not a bad series, either. It's not the worst. But you're right. They did do that. But I guess, I mean, it was screen the TV series. So they're able to kind of keep it separated to me personally. um, I think it's a way for them to still keep things very meta like scream does. Cause the crazy thing is, is the scream cast reunion happened just this past weekend. And I of course was tuned in as I of course told everybody I was going to be, but Kevin Williamson on that reunion was talking about how with this new film with scream five, like the meta commentary, they're trying to, I guess, not be super heavy handed with it, because he said they've kind of done everything they kind of can do with meta, you know, and just all of that. So they're trying to make it more. They're trying to do something different. So I'm very excited to see what they do with the movie. But if they're kind of leaning back on just like the heavy handed meta commentary, I think it's very um I think it's very genius for them to then kind of do this, because if you're kind of looking at everything, the fact that this Scream 5 movie is now just being retitled Scream right after Halloween just did the exact same thing a couple years prior. To me, it's kind of like a meta commentary on just the way those things are kind of working out, I guess, because Halloween did it. I feel like it's kind of like a small jab at Halloween doing that. So I still think there's just keeping things in the spirit of Scream very tongue-in-cheek. Fair enough. But I mean, I don't know, girl. There's so much kind of going on with this because there's also like photos that came out When they wrap filming, we know with Nev, Courtney, Kevin, all just cute, posing, taking pictures together. And in the background of one of the pictures, you can see a house. And I don't know how the people on Twitter do it, but they, of course, unsurprisingly figure it out. But they already kind of put the pieces together and it looks like it's Stu's home from the original. So, I mean, I'm kind of excited because if they go back to Stu's house, I don't even the trauma that Sydney's going to have. I don't know how she's going to deal.
1: Remember when all my friends were murdered in this house?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Literally, remember when my best friend was literally squished to death by this garage door?
1: She just has a flashback and then she becomes Ghostface.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope they don't do that. I hope she's not Ghostface. If she is Ghostface, though, I mean, it's going to happen, I guess. I don't think they'll do that to her character. And I don't think Nev would come back if that was going to be the case. But I mean, I'm excited because Scream 4, although I do enjoy her, the fact that they're back in Woodsboro, it doesn't feel like Woodsboro. And they really don't go back anywhere from the original film, which I think is okay. I wasn't going into that movie almost 10 years ago now. I wasn't expecting it to be like a a ridiculous journey back to Woodsboro and they're going to show like the same everything because also I feel like that's very difficult to do. But if they're able to actually kind of go back to Stu's house, which literally the last 40 minutes of the first movie is all at Stu's house. So it's going to be very exciting just to kind of see that brought back to a modern screen. And I just hope it... I just, I'm so excited for this movie and I don't even know like... I don't know. Everything's still so hush-hush. At least on my neck of the woods, I haven't looked into any
1: spoilers.
0: So everything's still very hush-hush. So I'm just very curious to see what's going to happen.
1: I have 98% of Scream stuff muted on my timeline. So we're Smart. dodging on left and right. <laughs> I do miss all of the random uh, gifts of Billy Loomis, though.
0: True. You're right. Oh, my gosh. So another crazy thing. <laughs> so on the Scream reunion, Nev Campbell had mentioned how she is already done film, or she was already done filming her scenes pretty much, and everybody was freaking out because initially it kind of adds up to her own, like her only being on set for like a week or two, so everybody was already freaking out, thinking that she didn't have that many scenes, that she's not going to be in the movie for too much, and of course just being terrified that she's going to probably be killed off early on the film, but. I don't know. I don't think they're going to do that. And I think she's going to be just fine. But people are freaking out about this movie, dude. And I'm ready for it.
1: I just, I'm ready for the, not the anxiety, but like the angst to be over. I just want it here already.
0: Yeah. And it's, I'm anxious because it's still over a year away. And I, honestly, the world is so terrifying. I'm just saying, I hope I make it. Like, I just (laughs) want to be able to watch this movie so bad. And just everything is so up in the air with this world at this point. So I'm just hoping that we can all make it to this movie, man, because I'm ready for it.
1: We're speaking into existence that we're the final girls. We're the final bitches. And we're gonna see this in a theater. So there's no other
0: option. I need to be in a packed theater with the girls and the gays, just having a fucking ball, watching Scream 5, and just watching Nev Campbell kick Ghostface in the fucking... I mean, no, we won't gender Ghostface. Ready to see Nev Campbell just kick Ghostface's ass for the fifth time? Bring it on, girl.
1: I will fly to Vegas.
0: Yes, please. We'll have a whole... (gasps) Listen, okay. So, you know... Hoping that the world is in a good place at the time, we're about to have a whole, just a Scream 5 party, oh I guess it's not Scream 5, just a whole Scream party dedicated to it. So Stormy, you're gonna fly out, we're going to sit here, we're gonna watch the first four Scream movies all weekend, we're gonna get shit-faced and just eat shitty food, and just have a good fucking time, and then go to the theater, have a good time, get shit-faced at a bar afterwards, and just scream to everybody about scream and how amazing it was and how Nev campbell's still an icon and how gal weathers is still the best character in any film ever and just have a good time that's what i'm manifesting
1: and we're gonna go live on instagram so y'all can see we're gonna go live on our fleets our fleets i can't get used to (laughs) it makes me feel like mother goose a mother goose and all my children and our fleet
0: Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much the only topic that we wanted to get into this week in terms of this weekend horror, but we're pretty much going to have like an extended what's been spooking you segment because we got some good shit this week. So before we get into, you know, the short film Hexed, which Stormy and I both watched, I did have the fantastic opportunity of being able to go to a drive-in theater to watch Freaky this week. And I mean, to be quite honest, Stormy, I loved it. It was fantastic.
1: I, I had a feeling that you would feel that way just because like we were saying it was going to be happy death day, like just more bloody. I was expecting you to like it.
0: Yeah. And the thing with it is if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. Like it's, that's just what it is. There's nothing like that's going to surprise you nothing's going to be like completely different from what they've already presented in that trailer. But it really is like a fantastic movie. And I mean, in watching the trailer the first time, we did, of course, discuss it on the podcast. I was like, I wasn't super thrilled about it and I wasn't like super like ready to go watch it. But then I kind of thought to myself, it was, it was the exact same way I reacted to Happy Death Day. And that ended up being one of my favorite movies of that year. And so Freaky pretty much had the same, uh, I don't even know what to say. Freaky pretty much had the same effect on me because I went in I guess I went, more, I went in more excited this time around. But it was fantastic. And I desperately want you to watch it as soon as possible. Maybe when it drops a uh, video on demand. Because it actually comes out, I think, in two weeks to be on demand. So maybe we can, like, pitch in together and watch it. But I need you to watch it because it's fantastic.
1: Looking forward to it. With everybody's reviews that I've seen, I've tried to watch a couple of reviews while also staying uh, spoiler-free. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, But I'm excited.
0: It's good. It's good. I mean, I feel like, and it's just me with like any movie, I feel like just character-wise, the depth isn't super deep. But, I mean, the whole point of the movie is Vince Vaughn and Catherine, um, who play the Butcher and Millie. I mean, it's really their movie. That's just the whole point of it. Their characters are fantastic. And uh, Millie, especially, has a very... Course, detailed character and past, and just she's fantastic. And it's just great. It's fun. It's bloody. It's amazing. And I don't want to give too many spoilers because Stormy hasn't seen it and it is going to be a spoiler free review, but it's everything. And so, if you, like I said on Twitter, obviously, if you can watch the movie safely or if you need to wait till it's on demand, it's beyond worth it. It's a good time, you know, have a beer and sit back with some popcorn and enjoy it because it. It'll make you laugh. I Honestly, there's so many fucking lines in that movie that I'm still, like, obsessed with and want to, like, continuously quote. But I'm waiting until it's settled a little bit before I start, like, saying that shit. But it's amazing.
1: We're ready.
0: Okay, well, let's kind of go ahead into... A quick discussion spoiler free if we can on hexed which is a short film very short actually it's only 36 minutes which was fantastic but like i said one of our listeners did reach out and said that this of course was an all-female cast film of course written by a woman and say less that's all i need to hear because we are a podcast that hates men and
1: (laughs) don't say that we love brother ghoulish
0: (laughs) (laughs) no we okay okay listen we don't hate men we just hate the masculine the toxic the toxic masculinity that's what we hate we don't hate men but we hate men it just that just it kind of goes hand in hand because obviously you know the dick is great but (laughs) men are just men and they're they're trash and we're just not fans of them But she, she, of course, reached out to us and said, you know, this is what we're working with here. And I, again, said, say less. Let me check it out. So, of course, sent it to Stormy right away. We watched it. And, I mean, immediate thoughts. It is so funny. It is ridiculous, corny, and so fun, to me at least. I thought it was super hilarious. The only thing was, is I maybe it's just me being me, it was so hard to follow what was happening on the screen. And I still don't know. Really where things were being like clicked, I was very confused for a bit, but I thought it was a good time and I enjoyed it. And to be quite honest, the characters made me laugh because the film itself, of course, is a group of witches, a coven, and they're on quarantine like the rest of us. And of course, the film is heavily inspired by Searching, Unfriended, The Craft even. There was so many just like nuggets of like information just that, of course, are lifted from The Craft. It's fantastic. But the characters make me laugh just the way that they discuss tarot and just fucking talk about zodiac signs. And I was like, this is me. If I was in a movie, this is the movie that I would want to be in because it felt like a very me movie.
1: I can see that. It's also a really perfect time for this movie to come out Um, because when Host came out and it gave me everything I needed within an hour... I immediately disregarded every other movie that's more than an hour. (laughs) I want everything to be that short and concise, but this one's even shorter. And um, (laughs) is that? um... Sorry, (laughs) what? I lost my headphones.
0: It's just hilarious because we can see each other now, and Stormy's making me laugh. I love it. (laughs) I love you, girl.
1: Wow, love you too. Uh...
0: Oh yeah, but your thoughts.
1: (laughs) I feel like it's a perfect time for this to come out like with hosts unfriended all of those things it's the perfect era especially with like the little craft nuggets like you were saying um i mean the craft what is the the reboot called the craft
0: legacy, legacy. yeah the sequels just legacy
1: so it's really just a sweet spot but like you said when we're scrolling through myspace which is what this is <laughs>
0: Girl, that was the first thing that I thought when I saw everything that was happening. When I saw the fucking, the moon with the fucking, uh, like, uh, like the glitter falling off of it. Like, that was the mouse. Yeah. I was like, is this MySpace? Are we? And It's called <laughs> BFF Chat is what they call it. And I was like, this is MySpace, girl. Or like Tumblr even. It even felt kind of very Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It was a full fucking... Girl, it was beam me up to the moon, Scotty. I was having a good time. It... It brought me so much joy. I thought it was hilarious and fantastic. And the death scenes made me chuckle. Okay, oh, I, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but the first death um, made me scream and just holler because this the way it Her happened sock. was just so ridiculous. And I just she needed...
1: Said, a drunk driver. <laughs> <laughs> what? In what world?
0: Girl, I loved everything about it. I was uh, I put, so... Um, Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Um, With them scrolling through MySpace or BFF chat, whatever, um, I'm so nosy that I kept pausing to read everything.
0: To read every little thing?
1: Yeah. I was like, wait, what's that one say? I was like, not the cats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude no the cats okay so when one of the characters is talking about how her cats have been like acting negatively towards her and we won't spoil why but she opens the door at one point and she's like hey cats and the cats just like (laughs) scream at her i fucking started just choking on my own spit it was ridiculous because they were just like they sounded like lions ready to pounce and murder her. And it made me, I couldn't help but laughing, man. Or I couldn't help but laugh. It was the best.
1: It gave me Carol Baskin vibes. She's like, hey, cool cats and kittens. <laughs> and the cat's Carole like, Baskin. no man.
0: Uh, one thing I did enjoy about the film as well. And I mean please check it out. We'll post I I mean we're we'll posting we'll post it on Twitter obviously around the episode drop as well. It's 36 minutes. It's super fun. Again, all female cast, written and the production design was done by a woman. And I mean it was in partnership with the No Sleep podcast, which is big deal. They're fantastic huge podcast. I mean, we'll kind of talk about that I guess after we record. But No Sleep on Reddit. That subreddit is one of my favorite subreddits and I love that podcast. But Check it out. Support them. It's fantastic. Really quickly, though, one of the things that I really loved is how all of the characters were just bitchy. They were just, every single one of them was a bitch. They were a witch, a bitch, and they were ready to fucking just literally throw hands with each other. They all hated each other. And I was like, and and this is supposed to be a coven?
1: Alex and her glitter, her glitter shadow
0: root. I live. Girl, I I kept staring at that fucking glitter on the roots of her hair and i was just staring at it every time she'd pop up on screen her name was alex i believe every time she'd pop up on screen i was just like hmm i'm just she was vibing she was vibing
1: she's living her best life (laughs) temporarily (laughs) (laughs) girl we need to find our bff chat cup in
0: we really do we need a bff chat that's what i want our discord to turn into
1: Oh, we love
0: that. We love that. And I'm so sorry to anybody who is in the Discord. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I think I have my notifications turned off. I need to go in there and figure it out. But I'm trying my best. I really am. I just don't know what to do with it. I'm an old woman. I barely found out that you can even like have conversations and call each other on there. I didn't know that was a thing you could do.
1: I just want everybody to join me for Among Us. That's all I want. (laughs) come play with us
0: that's really what we just are there for we want to play among us <laughs> please please come and play with <laughs> us please uh but yeah super chaotic episode i feel like listen we really are trying to figure it out because it's weird looking at stormy i can't help but like laugh the entire time
1: we could be talking about like and then the mom was mauled by a bear and me and adrian be like ah! just laughing at just each start other. laughing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, was there anything else that you watched this week?
1: Um, I mean, I watched Saw <laughs> for the 100th time.
0: Big mood. I watched Scream for like the 50,000th time.
1: It's a comfort thing, man.
0: We're being our basic selves, I guess. Pretty much this week was B, Adrian and Stormy week.
1: <laughs> We're being true to ourselves and this. I don't know what the moon is in. Scorpio?
0: What is the moon in? Is it a Scorpio moon? Oh, they're going to come for us if we're incorrect.
1: Google, where are you?
0: Oh, well, sorry about <laughs> it. Honestly, actually, this week, the craziest thing this week happened with fucking TikTok and the teenagers that inhabit that space. Apparently, Megan Megan is missing. That's the title of it, correct? Like, mm-hmm. went fucking viral out of nowhere. And in my neck of the woods, <laughs> on Twitter, people were just... Reminding everybody that it's not a good movie and to not really give it the time of day. I've never seen Megan is Missing before. Have you seen it before?
1: Yeah. I watched it when I was younger um, and I actually watched a good portion of it like Thursday, this past Thursday. Um, Oh, did you? Yeah, but I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Whenever I feel like I'm in a high school drama class, I'm out. And that's just how the first little part felt. So I was like, "Mm, okay.
0: So for you, is it the acting that's rough?
1: Yeah. I mean, later on, I know it gets a little uncomfortable for people who aren't into torture porn.
0: Um, Okay. Okay.
1: But I'm not into it.
0: (laughs) So if any listeners, I'm never going to watch the movie. I've decided I can just put that out there. I'm never going to watch it. So if any listeners are curious of, watching the film just apparent of course just be aware there's a big trigger warning um apparently it gets very uncomfortable there's an extended rape scene things just get very unsettling for viewers and initially the reaction that seems to be the consensus is that it's just needlessly graphic and violent for nothing there's no like commentary really behind it because there's some feels Um, or there's some films where there may be some type of rape scene or just anything like that may be occurring and it can still have some type of commentary underneath it. But I think the general consensus is that this movie is not it and to not bother with it. But in that conversation, people were mentioning Poughkeepsie, the Poughkeepsie (laughs) tapes. Is that how you say it?
1: (laughs) The Poughkeepsie tapes?
0: Poughkeepsie. What is Poughkeepsie? Is that like a thing?
1: It's a place. Yeah. Is it? I think it's in like New York or Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. It's somewhere up uh, somewhere up north.
0: Have you seen that movie? Yes. Okay, do you like it?
1: The torture porn (laughs) side of me does. (laughs) Yes.
0: Okay, because I think I want to watch it and the way people and it seems to be very divisive because some people enjoy it some people don't. But you know me, like true crime and like anything like that really does kind of get under my skin great segue into our next main topic but i don't know i'm probably gonna check it out this weekend sometime so obviously follow me on twitter to plug myself i'll probably be tweeting about it or posting my thoughts on letterboxd or i'll be fleeting it i guess let's zoom call
1: and fleet (laughs) i'm ready to watch it again I love when you venture into my side of things. I just get really excited when you do it by yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I get nervous. Um,
1: <laughs> if you're afraid of like home invasion, you're it's you're not gonna be okay.
0: Somebody said that. Somebody on Twitter said if you if home invasion terrifies you, then this might not be it. And that's like my biggest fear is like somebody just being in the corner of my bedroom and I don't even know it. That scares me. I hate that.
1: Been there, done
0: that. But I think I'll be okay. I have two roommates and they seem more, um, capable of defending themselves than I. So I feel kind of safe, maybe sort of, but story she said, and I, nope. (laughs) Sadie. (laughs) (laughs) The Chihuahua's going to save us all. Uh, but i don't know that's it really is my biggest fear is home invasion so we'll see if i make it through the movie but i feel like i'll be okay i always go into things like kind of nervous and then i'm kind of like eh by the end of it so we'll see
1: i'm i'm probably going to hype it up and you're going to be like girl
0: everybody's been hyping it up though and that's the thing and when i tweeted about it earlier uh some people were were still hyping it up and saying oh yeah it's very disturbing and it's very this and it's very that and i was eating that shit up and my anxiety was skyrocketing but then a few people did come in and they were like you know what? i don't think it's that great or i don't think it's that disturbing so it does seem to be pretty divisive like i said so we'll see how i react to it but i'm very excited (laughs) well you know what we might as well jump into the main course this week we're going to be going through a couple of true crime stories we each brought two so go ahead and sit tight and we'll be right back
1: hey everybody if you're enjoying the podcast so far definitely look into giving us a rating it would be really beneficial to our growth and we'd really appreciate it it goes a long way we're open to ideas and feedback we'd love it all you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and plenty of other places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. All righty, guys. Well, I guess I will start us off. And I'm going to start us off down. And where the fuck is this house? Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Chester, Virginia in 2017. I'm already scared. <laughs> this is the murder of Jeanette Gaddis, Candace Kunzi, and Andrew Bathorn. Um, So, before we get to Thanksgiving, we're going to stop two days before Thanksgiving. We're going to meet Ooh. his minister, Christopher Gaddis, and his wife, Jeanette. The two of them get in a fight about the children overstaying their welcome in the home. The two kids... The Candace and Andrew were contract physical therapists and they plan to stay in the parents' home for a few weeks while they're waiting to start a new assignment in Arizona. And the dad said, honey, you're overstaying your welcome. Get the fuck out. I'm not about the sign. <laughs> <laughs> you are not my real child. You're my stepchild. <laughs> but um, during this argument, the stepdaughter's boyfriend, Andrew, is literally forced to re- re- like restrain a semi-drunk youth youth minister which my thing is is lutherans don't believe in drinking so i'm confused
0: oh yeah but if he he's religious so you know how that works
1: <laughs> but so andrew has to restrain the minister from physically abusing his wife like they're getting into a knockdown dragout fight about these kids staying in the house and it's not even thanksgiving yet he said fuck the turkey get the fuck out of my house <laughs> But, see, this is why
0: we're a podcast that don't enjoy men.
1: Mm, truly. Uh, on Thanksgiving around 6 p.m., Christopher approaches Candace and Andrew in the backyard. They're chilling in the hot tub. And, like, you can literally see the surveillance footage online. Like, they're just <laughs> sitting in the hot tub. And this man is full on berating full these two full-fledged adults. Like, shaking his little fat finger at them. And, like, you can't hear anything, but then the wife intervenes, and, like, that's it for a little while, and, like, the next check-in is at 9.40 p.m., and he starts spam texting all of the people in the house, like, just texting them, like, I can't believe you're threatening me, please stop, you're scaring me, like, just unprovoked, like, they're literally just chilling in the house, and he's texting them these things. I'm assuming it's like an attempt to make it look like he was being threatened beforehand, so the kill looks like self-defense. But that's just mm. not how it comes off. And then at eleven f- fifteen p.m., Christopher goes upstairs, retrieves a forty-five pistol, and walks into the kitchen where literally the rest of his family is playing a board game, like they're literally playing dominoes, and he's just like, <laughs> "Suppiges." <just." laughs> <laughs> Um, He kills all of them one by one, empties the gun, and then calls his alarm company to request police. Like, he won't tell them what's going on, but he just keeps saying that he needs the police. Um, And when the cops get there, um, he's standing on the front porch, but Andrew, the boyfriend, is laying in the front yard. He's dead. He's been shot in the back twice. And whenever they ask him, like, what happened, they don't even detain him. He claims he was threatened. He said they came after me. He, I shot them when they all ganged up on me, but they're literally like throughout the house and they've all been shot in the back. Girl, <laughs> like Christopher's on the porch and Andrew's just laying in the front yard, but supposedly he was being attacked. But no, they, ma'am. they do put him in like temporary custody, because, but they don't read him like his Miranda rights. They don't like assume that he's instantly a cold-blooded killer. Ridiculous. But like I just I I don't know how that's supposed to be self-defense. But justice is served. Um he Good. was sentenced to 58 years in August of 2018 on three counts of first-degree murder. And that pretty much wraps it up. I wanted to do some Thanksgiving things because <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if um y'all are celebrating i know i'm not gonna be celebrating i'm across the country from my family (laughs) right i'm gonna stay same Um, i'll be at
0: home quarantined locked down yeah
1: but we all know that like the holidays are stressful and sometimes things happen so i was gonna bring some thanksgiving treats
0: (laughs) (laughs) some joy okay so wait so he's obviously a white man correct yeah Okay, so I mean, because that's so triggering, the police get there, and he's not immediately like suspect number one, they don't like want to fucking, like what? Everybody else is dead, and he's just chilling on the porch, and they're just like, "Mm, no, this pastor couldn't be him, anybody else.
1: In my head, I imagine him, like it has a wraparound porch, right? This is what I'm picturing in my head, it has a wraparound porch, they're in the south, he's sitting on his front lawn with his gun. He's sitting on his front porch with his gun in his little white rocking chair, and he's just like, "They attacked me. I don't know what happened." And
0: he's drinking sweet tea.
1: <laughs> he just brings sweet tea out of nowhere
0: with the lemon <laughs> wedge.
1: <laughs> they all ganged up on me, <laughs> like spit.
0: <laughs> and he has nice. a, a a basset hound right next to him,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a sleepy one. He goes ruh, ruh, whenever the cops show up. What a
0: sick person! And, this was, and these were his stepchildren, correct?
1: His stepkid, his stepkid's boyfriend and his wife.
0: Dang. He must have really hated the boyfriend, is my assumption.
1: I think he just hated the stepkid in general, and then by associate, like guilty by association.
0: I want to see pictures of him. What's his name again?
1: Um, Christopher, let me spell it out. Hold on. Gattis, G-A-T-I-S. But yeah, the 60-year-old man, he's like, well, got to get down to the church.
0: <laughs> OMG. Yeah, he looks it. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. Thanksgiving triple homicide. Aw, tis the season.
1: Tis just the like season. Columbus did
0: to the natives.
1: Tack the halls in, not your family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Men are just trash. Yes. That is so crazy oh my god and they all look so wholesome and nice and sweet the family looks so adorable and he just killed them all
1: Jeanette kind of looks like a Karen the wife but mm.
0: she does but this picture that I'm looking at she's happy
1: she's happy she was she was playing sorry um. with her child
0: mm. they look like a sweet family mm. people really are disgusting in this world aren't they
1: they're But here we are. Happy holidays.
0: (laughs) Okay, so my quick story, I guess. (laughs) So Stormy was keeping things festive. I was keeping things as local as I can keep them. Because, of course, I'm in Vegas. So people are being killed pretty consistently here. But I wanted to kind of keep it as close to home as i could for whatever reason that just i mean to be quite honest when we discussed a true crime episode my mind went to two stories immediately and they both just happened to be within my i guess within my visit uh what's my word what's the word they've been within my vicinity but when we were talking about true crime I thought about two stories and they just happen to be very close, but I've heard them before. Uh, so the first one I'm going to go ahead and discuss is the unfortunate death of Cherise Iverson. So this story is insane, and I feel like, and I've passed by this hotel casino countless times because it's from from Vegas to California, the freeway or the highway that you're taking. This casino's right there, and. Every time we pass it, if somebody's new is in the vehicle, I mention this story because it's just like it's so insane to me. So what we're looking at here
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what we're looking at here is again, like I said, the death of Sharice Iverson who at the time was only 7 years old and she fell victim to an 18 year old awful individual really but
1: <laughs> like, is this the uh, amusement park one where there's
0: like a Not amusement park, but there is a roller coaster at this casino. One of those old wooden story. ones. Yeah, I probably I probably I'm told the two. Like I said, anybody already. who's come into contact with me has heard this story. Uh but yes, okay. <sighs> okay, so what we're looking at here then is again, Sharice, she and this was May 25th of 1997. So I was only two years old at the time, so this happened quite a bit ago. But she was in Prim, which is around the border of like California, Nevada kind of thing. It's kind of right there. But she was in a hotel in Prim with her brother and her father. Uh, It was called the Prima Donna Resort and Casino, and unfortunately... At the same time, there was two other guests. Jacob was there. Jacob, and I'm going to have a hard time with his last name, Strohmeyer, who was 18 at the time, and his friend David Cash Jr., who was 17 at the time. They were both visiting from Long Beach, and they were at the exact same same hotel. So early that morning at around 4 a.m., Charisse was kind of wandering the casino, kind of going all over the place. Her father was, of course, on the casino floor. And she had been kicked off the floor multiple times by security just because she's, oh, you know how it is with casinos. If you're underage and you're on the, the floor, they kick you off pretty much. So she had been roaming the casino all morning, kind of going about her business and just security had, of course, made note of her. But at this time, since she was out and about super early in the morning, Jeremy, who unfortunately would come to be the one who did kill her, was also kind of lurking around the hotel with his friend David at the time. So they started kind of playing around, kind of. I mean, I guess like they would just acknowledge each other and he was kind of watching her. Uh, But yeah, so while she was kind of just kind of messing, I guess, with him, because I guess what they were saying is just she had been throwing like paper towels at him and he had been throwing paper towels at her back. She I mean, things then, of course, escalated at that point. She had gone into the bathroom and hit twice and he had followed her in the bathroom both those times. But the second time when they had gone in there, she was throwing paper towels at him while they were in there playing and throwing paper towels at each other she had picked up a wet floor sign and ended up hitting him with it uh so for whatever reason that triggered him and he uh, he literally got enraged at that point he ended up grabbing Charisse, pushing her into the bathroom stall and i mean that's where things really really escalated david who of course was friends with jeremy then came into the bathroom at that time because at that point he was a little bit I'm sure he was a little bit curious about what was happening, but when he had gone in there, he of course saw that Jeremy had shoved Portia Reese up against the wall and he went into the neighboring stall and just stood on the toilet and was kind of looking over the stall and pretty much saw everything. So he saw Jeremy sexually assault Sherry's for two minutes and, um, and it was just it wasn't a pretty situation and he david the friend of course didn't say anything to anybody he didn't tell security guard he didn't go and do anything he just watched and jeremy then proceeded to again after sexually assaulting sharice then strangled her and while strangling her eventually he didn't just snapped her neck and killed her and at that point he Odd. left her body in there left and just kind of went walking around um very triggering and like i said i tell everybody about this story like anytime i see the casino i just it makes me nervous and i've never been inside i've never bothered to stop and like look at anything but it's terrifying it really is terrifying it makes me very uncomfortable every time i drive past it uh but finally, three days after her murder, Jeremy was finally taken into uh, into custody um, because when they kind of started to have information come forward, two classmates of Jeremy had identified him through the security tape that was being passed around at the time. Or not passed around, I guess, but that was kind of being shown at the time. Um, I don't know. It's insane. It's just... It's crazy to me. And he is now serving a life sentence. Of course, he's been charged with first degree murder, first degree kidnapping and sexual assault as well. So it's just, it's insane to me. And this story is just, it makes me uncomfortable. And it sucks because, I mean, even now, because I read a recent article on it where like even, I think this one came out two years ago, where even like one of the security officers who was working in the hotel at the time, like he still thinks about it because he had seen her walking around the casino floor multiple times that morning and just kept kind of kicking her off and sending her on her way and you know she was a seven-year-old child and you know he feels guilty obviously for not maybe like keeping an eye on her more making sure that she was safe and even to this day he still unfortunately sees her face and like just has that recollection or that recollection still of what had occurred all those years ago but that story is insane and just to think that I don't know. Even the friend. I mean, I don't know what was going on in his mind, but to just go in the bathroom and watch everything and then not say anything. It's crazy to me.
1: I would beat the fuck out of any one of my friends if I walked in the bathroom and caught that happening.
0: Yeah, dude. It's insane. Uh, It's just unfortunate and it's disgusting in every sense of the word. And he's still alive, I believe. Unfortunately, Jeremy. But again, he's serving a life sentence in Indian Springs. So, there he shall rot where he belongs. But it sucks. She didn't deserve that poor baby. It just it's unfortunate.
1: This is why I can never let Alita out of my sight. Y'all can call me a helicopter mom if you want to. But Jesus Christ, there's monsters everywhere.
0: Yeah, and just following her into the bathroom twice, it's just like, girl, it makes me so uncomfortable. And she was a little baby, so obviously if this person is giving her any type of intention, she's going to just be playing back with him, maybe he's like trying to play with her, because she's walking around this casino board. What is is a seven-year-old going to do in a casino at 4 a.m. when her father's gambling?
1: Right, where was the brother?
0: Her brother? Mm Mm-hmm. He was off kind of doing his own thing because they were kind of hanging out at first, from what I've read, at least, is they were kind of like hanging out at first. And then he kind of just kind of went off and did his own thing, leaving her by herself, which is why she was like on the floor a whole bunch around her father. And she kept kind of getting removed from the floor because it happened multiple times where they kicked her off the floor. (laughs) Poor thing. But yeah. And I mean, I imagine how her brother feels. It's just all so shitty. It's such a it's just an awful situation.
1: Speaking of brothers, do you know anything about the John JonBenét Ramsey case?
0: Girl, we can have a whole fucking episode. <laughs> I personally, I think the brother did it, and I think the parents are covering it up for him.
1: Mm, same. But I also think the dad has something to do with it.
0: I do. I think the father has something to do with it. I think the father, girl, I think the father was just, in general, an awful person, and I feel like he probably was abusing that poor girl in some way. But I feel like the brother himself, I mean, and if you look at recent interviews of him, girl, isn't he just the most sus person in the world?
1: Insane, wild, yes, and voted off the island. Emergency! Please, got yeah, kicked him
0: off. Sashay away, sir. I don't Sachet like. He is so away. sus. He's so like, <laughs> what the fuck? Have but you that's seen my the
1: conspiracy theories that John Vane Ramsey never died and she's actually Katy Perry.
0: <sighs> <laughs> Whose theory?
1: The internet. In general,
0: oh, just a cons- just a general conspiracy theory. They're idiots. Yeah. They look at any two women that have like big eyes, and they just immediately just assume that one's Katy Perry and the other was Zoe Deschanel, and they're all just related. Right. I'm tired of the internet, but that. We, I don't know. We have to have like a conversation on that, like a full blown episode just devoted to it, because there's so many things to talk about. I mean, it's true crime, so we can probably even talk about it now if you really want to. But that shit is insane, and just the notes that the parents like presented, and just I don't know, man. I, just I, don't, I don't. I the don't mom, trust like
1: them. high on prescription pills, like scribbling that note.
0: Girl, like yes, like yes. It just. That's what I think. I, I mean, it's just so obvious to me that he, the brother did something. He, I think he did kill her. The parents, panicking, did what they could. But, I mean, as a parent, I mean, I don't know what you would really do in that situation. But what's the point of, like, covering it up and making this whole thing and just, like, what were they thinking realistically?
1: Right. I mean, obviously, you don't want your child to go to jail. But, like, also, your other child is dead,
0: And she was the star child.
1: And I wonder if it was even intentional. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, like, maybe he lost his temper or something. But I don't know. He did it. I just know.
0: It's so obvious. It is the most obvious thing in the world that that boy did it. But that's to me. To me, I'm not a criminal (laughs) investigator. I don't know. I don't know anything, you know. I just have a podcast and opinions, and I speak. But it was <laughs> the brother. Speak. I think we're all in agreement on him being the one.
1: But we're not, but, not. There's so many people on the internet that piss me off. They're like, uh, "No," and I'm like, "The nails emoji." They don't like, think yeah. it's the brother. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't think it's the brother.
0: Uh, I want to talk to these people because, like, <laughs> what, like, what, in what realistic sense of the word, with all the evidence that has been presented. Do you not think that he did it in some way or at least had a heavy hand in it? Because my goodness. And also, I mean, I know the father's probably another huge suspect. And I also won't discredit that opinion that people may have because I really do think the father had something to do with it as well. Or I just don't think he was as picture perfect cookie cutter dad as he probably was trying to come off. But I do think the brother did something in some sense of the word. Like it just makes no sense to me.
1: Same. Not to get off on a tangent, but take it off. On I a mean, tangent. it's in
0: it's within context of what we're trying to discuss <laughs> here. But go ahead, hit us with that second one, Storm.
1: Okay, so my second one is the murders of Joelle and Lisa Guy, and this one is uncomfortably current.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: it happened November twenty sixth of twenty sixteen, the weekend after Thanksgiving in Knoxville, Tennessee. 28 year old joel michael guy jr murdered and dismembered his parents 61 year old joel guy senior and 55 year old lisa guy joel jr had never worked and had always been supported by his family he spent one semester at george washington university and then attended louisiana state university until the murders supposedly training to become a plastic surgeon but there's also no like evidence to back that up so interesting
0: interesting
1: (laughs) but both parents were going to retire soon and they planned on not supporting him anymore but then he found out at the same time that he could get five hundred thousand dollars for a life insurance policy if both parents were dead or went missing
0: Hmm. so
1: obviously (laughs) he was like you know what i'll wait until after thanksgiving but i can't wait till after christmas (laughs) (laughs) and so um the murders didn't occur until the 26th like i said but he started buying supplies for the murder like november 7th they've found receipts in his house that were recovered like in a later search that dated back to then but they were thrown out of court because the Judge said that they were unconstitutionally uh, acquired. Just so fucking annoying. I hate. Not to get off on another tangent, but, <laughs> but <laughs> just so frustrating. But they, they really didn't need them to help them with a premeditated charge, um, because at the scene they found a notebook with his entire plan. He had a literal checklist that he was following that was like, by lie, check. By this check it was insane you can see pictures of it online <gasps> and on november wait what's 20th, his name again uh Joel michael guy
0: Joel michael guy mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna look up this notebook sorry go
1: ahead but on november 26th joel jr stabs his father 42 times and his mother <gasps> 31 times <sighs> um, after stabbing him, he dismembers them and puts bits and pieces into these plastic bins with these mixtures of chemicals for them to literally just be eaten away into some forbidden pot roast. mm Yeah. But, um, unfortunately for him, he got injured during one of the stabbings and he has to leave to get medical help, um, before things are, like, done dissolving. And on the 28th, which is two days after they're killed, a welfare check is called in by the mom's work when she doesn't show up. So the cops show up, and they find both parents' torsos and their dismembered limbs dissolving in the plastic bins, like I said. Um, The father's hands are on the floor by the front door. Like, he just cut off his hands. And the mother's head is cooking in a pot on the stove. And he left it on for two days. Uh, uh, yeah, honey. <laughs> and then uh, uh. they, the FBI goes into like search mode, and I'm not really sure how they came to this uh, conclusion. I don't know how they tied it to the, the son. I don't know if like the notebook says his name. I didn't really look that far into it. But anyways, they put uh-huh. the notebook together, and they apprehend him on the 29th, a day later. Um... And he's getting into his Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> and when not they... Not a Sonata. I know. Whenever they arrest not a him, Hyundai. they... <laughs> they find a meat grinder in his trunk. And he was headed back over to the house to break everything up. A fool. hmm And he decided to plead not guilty... But also filed a motion that if he was found guilty, that he would be given the death penalty. So that should just tell you right away. Like, I just don't understand. The trial took four <laughs> days. <laughs> he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. But why I say it is it's like eerily, like, um, like eerily up to date like literally this trial just ended last month
0: (laughs) yeah I wow
1: (laughs) yeah and there's still articles being posted about him today like as of the day that we're recording this there's an article posted like nine hours ago because damn it's so hot topic yeah he was writing a letter to the prison about his fantasies of gouging out the eyes of another inmate because he wants to be put in solitary confinement (sighs) He literally wrote, I shouldn't be allowed access to another person, person while they're unconscious.
0: So in that situation, why don't, why don't we just, like, why, like, why just cut him up and put his body into, like, bins? Why? Because, like, girl, What? And he looks crazy. I just Mm -hmm. saw the pictures of him and he looks crazy. They always look crazy in a sense. None none of them ever really look. Maybe I'm just paranoid. But every time I see a picture of like anybody who's murdered anybody to me, I just see the crazy in their eyes immediately. Not wanting to gouge out somebody's eyes.
1: Yeah. He was just like, I don't. um," In the letter that I I read, he was like, "Um, I, I need you to help me. By removing me before I hurt somebody. I'm just like, uh, you already killed your mom and dad, so.
0: Right. Not the mom's head being in a fucking pot.
1: For two days? Can you imagine the smell?
0: Two days. Oof, girl. Honestly, this story gives me four um, Black Christmas vibes. The remake. The 2006 remake. Because in that movie, the killer has a crazy fascination with gouging out people's eyeballs. And there's also a scene, there's not a dismemberment scene, but where a son murders his stepfather and his mother. And I, have you seen this movie?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. And then the scene where he takes the mom, I think it's the mom. I don't know whose body, where he like takes the fucking, what is that thing called? Like with cookies, like the cookie cutter thing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And like he
0: fucking puts it on their skin and makes cookies of their skin. So right. the mom's. Head being in a pot <laughs> kind of gave me those vibes, and then he's talking about gouging out eyes, so he must have been a fan of this film.
1: I'm pretty sure the last, um, maybe not the last, but our very first true crime. I'm pretty sure I did one where the wife was cooking the dad's head. Yes, like she was. Children. I was
0: no, I'm not gonna say an icon, but yes, that one made me fucking scream. Love that.
1: Australia is wild.
0: People true crime really is like insane and it's so insane that stuff like this happens so consistently that like there's enough stories to fill up a fucking books, podcasts, shows, like so many things are like just fueled off the fact that people are psychotic and kill other people for mm-hmm. who knows even like just things just snapping. Right. Snapped on oxygen.
1: Ooh, my favorite. You
0: yeah, know, we love that girl wow that is insane and like you said just recently the trial kind of came to the close wow that's insane Uh, these thanksgiving murders were giving me life
1: (laughs) figured we should celebrate
0: i know i should have done like holiday ones i did conceded me did ones that were kind of nearby
1: (laughs) but i did two local murders when i was leaving new mexico so it makes sense
0: you did and those were iconic that was a chilling and killing episode We got to do one of those again soon. Yeah, say less. Um, Okay, well, I guess I can dive into our final story, my final story. Now, this is the story of Mary Vincent. Have you heard of this?
1: Mm, Not off the top of my head, but sometimes I remember them as you go on.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it was last week or the week before where I mentioned... Oh, yeah, it was when we were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you had said, oh, I wouldn't have picked her up or anything like that because, you know, who would do that? And I said, well, there's a certain story that reminds me of a situation like this where if I saw a woman who looked like that disheveled on the side of the street, I would probably pick her up just for sheer empathy, I guess. But this is the reason why. So this story is insane. I forgot where I heard it first, but it's buckle up, sweetie. So... (laughs) This takes place in 1978. So Mary Vincent, our heroine, our fucking survivalist dude, she's insane. She's honestly like, like a trooper. Like props to her. But this uh, your leg gets in cut 1978, off
1: and she gets has to yeah pack dirt into it. <laughs> but uh, this story traumatizes me every time I hear it. I love it. Tell me.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. But yes. So again, 1978. So Mary Vincent at this time is 15 years old. So she's hitchhiking from Las Vegas to California. She, of course, born and raised here in Vegas. Her parents were working in the casinos, as everybody in Vegas does. But kind of like a quick synopsis of everything. So she was hitchhiking from Vegas to California. She ended up getting to a van with a 50-year-old man. His name was Lawrence Singleton. He ended up attacking her, raping her, dismembering her, and leaving her for dead. But Mary was able to survive. She was able to make it through the situation. She was able to make it to trial and she was able to put him behind bars. So this shit is fucking insane. And it's also trash because, okay, well, we'll get into it because, you know, the justice system is a hot mess, but kind of getting into the story. So again, Mary, she grew up in Vegas. Her parents worked in the casinos. She, of course, at 15 was kind of looking to get out on her own. Pretty much. She was skipping school. Uh, taking out with her boyfriend, just kind of doing everything that I guess a fifteen-year-old does in the seventies. But at one point, she was looking to again hitchhike from Vegas to California. So while she was doing this, Lawrence, the man in question, ended up slowing down his van to pick her up. Um, this is near Berkeley, California. This was in September twenty-nine or on September twenty-ninth of nineteen seventy-eight. So Lawrence, um, he was a merchant seaman by trade. And upon picking up Mary, he told her with, you know, smiling and just being as personable as any psychopath can, um, that he had a daughter that was about her age and that he was heading towards Reno and he would take her and he'll take, you know, he would change his course and he would take her to her location, which was Los Angeles. So of course, you know, being young, Mary accepted it. he was, it seemed like, I guess, like a nice older man. And I mean, obviously using the fact that he had a daughter on her age probably made her feel like he wanted her to be safe and he was the best bet to take her to Los Angeles. Of course, agreed and decided to go with him. But on, honestly, this is a facade. He's a piece of shit. Uh, this middle-aged, nasty piece of shit. Uh, he was a misogynist, apparently. He had a very high temper. Uh, his second wife at this time had just recently divorced him. So kind of moving forward, uh, But yeah, so she agreed and she pretty much hopped in the van and started riding with him. So on this ride, at one point, Mary, she even lit up a cigarette and was kind of just fucking vibing, doing her thing. And Lawrence, he reached over and like started to feel on her neck, asking if she was sick. Mary, of course, didn't like this contact at all. She kind of pulled away and eventually, eventually she started to drift off to sleep. So, I mean, that contact... At that moment, I would have been like on high alert. But, you know, she was uncomfortable about it, but still ended up just drifting off to sleep, not thinking really, like I said, anything was going to happen at this point. But when she woke up, she realized very quickly that they were way off course, like they were not going towards Los Angeles. They were driving back towards Nevada and things weren't going to plan pretty much. So at this point, she started to kind of get panicked, but she was also kind of getting very angry, obviously. Um, So she ended up kind of looking around the car. Um, she saw that there was a sharp stick in the car and she ended up grabbing it and pointing it towards Lawrence and she demanded, obviously turn around. We're going the wrong way. We're heading back towards Nevada. We're not going in the right direction. Like fucking get your shit together, Lawrence. And of course he quickly apologized and he was trying to kind of calm her down and tell her, you know, Hey, you know, uh, I'm an honest man. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Something happened. We must've missed a turn. Yata, yata, yata. Being a a psychopath. (laughs) Uh, And of course, Mary at that time was just, she believed that he was remorseful and that he was, you know, apologetic about what had happened. And the ride continued on. So things continue on. Uh, Lawrence had stopped the van at one point to go to the bathroom. So when she, or when he was using the restroom, Mary got out of the car, she was stretching her legs. She was kind of just pretty much, you know, getting her bearings together. At one point, she leaned down to tie her shoe. And at this point, Lawrence struck. So he ended up coming up behind her and just striking her. He beat her down. Uh, He hit her on the back of the head, punching her until she fell to the ground. He then, I mean, it gets very graphic about just like the sexual abuse that he did, um, at least in the articles that I found. But at this point, you know, he knocked her out and the sexual abuse pretty much started at that point. After all of that took place, he dragged her back to the van, um, again, continued to sexually abuse her, told her not to scream or that he would kill her, and just to listen to him at this point. Um, So after all of this took place, he bound her hands together um, and pretty much kept her tied up in the back of his van, and he continued to drive for a bit. Uh, Eventually, he did come to another stop. Uh, He ended up cutting her hands free from the ties that he had, um, or from, from being tied up, I don't know. Uh, but when they came to a stop, he did then cut her hands free. Um, he ordered her then to drink some alcohol it was like an unknown alcohol. She didn't know what it was, but it was like a big plastic drug. He, he forced her to drink it. And of course at this time she then became woozy, confused, just completely disoriented. But then he again continued to sexually assault her, rape her again until she passed out. So this is where things get like really insane. So when she came back to Mary again, regained consciousness, um, Lawrence was still there, he was still beside her in the back of this van, he ordered her to lie on the edge of the road, so he fucking yanked her out of the vehicle, told her to get on the edge of the road, and at this point, she was just pleading with him, obviously, to let her go, let her be free, and he started to say, and this is verbatim, he said, if you want to be free, I'll set you free, and so he went into the van, and he started kind of shuffling around, and he ended up coming back with a hatchet. So poor Mary, she was struggling at this point because he was holding her down. And then he proceeded with this hatchet to cut off her right arm, just fucking started hacking at her, cut off her right arm, completely dismembered her. Obviously, she was screaming, freaking out at this point. Um, and he ended up severing her arm right below the right elbow. Um, at this point, he then and she was naked, completely naked, bleeding. Her fucking arm had just been. Cut off. Um, he grabbed her, shoved her uh, onto the side of the road, and then stuffed her into a concrete pipe on the side of the road. And then he told her, Well, you're free now, and then left her there to die. So this is where shit gets like really crazy because Mary, of course, she passed out at this point. She had been sexually assaulted, raped, drugged, who knows how many times realistically here. And then this man then took her to the side of the road, cut off her right arm, and fucking threw her into a pipe to die so she passed out obviously but when she came back to uh this is pretty much she had to do what she had to do. She was pretty much fighting for her life at this point. She's at the bottom of the ravine thanks to this pipe. She's bleeding profus uh profoundly from her fucking elbow, naked, completely by herself, 15 years old, and she mustered up the strength. Um she stood up. She did walking three miles uh, was able to kind of fucking pull herself up from the side of the like road, like literally had to sit there and crawl up with her arm being dismembered, had to crawl up and get to the road again. So once she reached the freeway, she was walking. She was just walking, just trying to figure out anybody or trying to find anybody who could help her. And the first people who spotted her, um, they did. They sped away in fear. They saw her on the side of the road and they just drove past her. They didn't even bother to stop. Um, finally, another couple came and... They were on vacation. They were traveling, kind of doing their own thing. But they saw this poor girl on the side of the road and they ended up stopping to help her. So they got her all together. They had some extra linens. They put her, you know, they wrapped her up, kept her warm. And, of course, took her to uh, to get help, to get in touch with an ambulance. And all that she was saying at this time was just, he raped me. She just kept kind of repeating that, just kept saying that when she was in their car with them. And there wasn't much else that they could do at that point. But this poor girl, dude, she went through so fucking much. And she was able to then, of course, get help. She was able to identify Lawrence, of course, go into trial with him and pretty much get him convicted for his crimes. But there's even video clips of her like she's come forward. She's done interviews like I wouldn't say recently, but as she's grown older, she's sat down and she's discussed these things before. And it's just insane, like the stuff that she had to go through. And I don't know. And even living in fear, because, of course, he was live at the time when they arrested him and. Um. Even like he was, uh, I don't know, just imagine living with that fear of knowing that this person would do that to you and you were able to come back and convict him and then get him put behind bars and just the fear that maybe one day he gets out or, you know, anything like that. But this story is just insane to me. It like it's insane.
1: It gives me goosebumps every time I hear it.
0: Yeah, this story is insane. And I mean, only after fucking eight years after being in prison, this old man was released. And I don't know. I just hate everything about the justice system sometimes.
1: Fucking I don't think wild.
0: What happened with him? Yeah. I'm trying to see what ended up happening with him.
1: I don't know if I have that much will to live. As sad as that sounds.
0: Yeah, and that's just it's insane. Fifteen years old and just fighting for her life, like every every step of the way, it's just fighting for her life. It's just insane. But, of course, after this incident, again, he was released 18 years later in Lawrence. Um, and then in 1990, he was arrested for petty theft and sentenced to two years. Only served a fraction of the time before he was released again. But then at one point, he lured a, uh, a prostitute, a younger prostitute, and up attacking her. The neighbors heard. The police arrived. Um, and eventually, he was sentenced to death for this situation. But... Mary kept doing her thing. She ended up becoming an artist and she just kept kind of going forward with her life. But yeah, I mean like what your arm is cut off and you're thrown into a pipe and left to die after being drugged and assaulted multiple times. And the fact that she still had the, the wherewithal to pick herself up, pick herself up and I don't even know and get back to the freeway, crawl up to the freeway naked. One arm has been completely cut off at the elbow and just, fight for her life man so that's why I was like you know if I saw somebody on the side of the road like that like I mean I mean the first people just left her there but you know a couple came and helped her because I mean you never know and like that shit is just this story gives me goosebumps every time I like talk about it or think about it because it's just so insane
1: yeah I mean if I saw somebody naked and obviously abused and one arms cut off I will stop and help them We'll (laughs) we will fix that statement but I stand with my previous statement with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a different situation. But, yeah, I mean, and he, of course, eventually did get, like I said, sentenced to death. But he did end up passing away from cancer in 2001. But, yeah, and Mary, again, is an artist. She's doing fantastic. And one of the most insane stories, I think, at least in terms of true crime that I've ever heard, is like just, just the thought of it is just ridiculous. And just, uh, I don't know. True crime, man. This is why it always makes me uncomfortable, because shit is just, it gets so dark so fast.
1: I love true crime, but also I'm a very paranoid person just in general. And my love of true crime makes it worse. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword.
0: But, I mean, that's all that we had. I mean, is there anything else, Story, that you would like to discuss or bring up? or? You
1: no. Know? I mean, I took us off track enough times. I think we're good.
0: <laughs> no. I was extremely, honestly, recording the way that we recorded today, I was extremely nervous. I mean, I talk a lot in general, but I was just like, I was just trying to talk just to like make sure that things were still fucking like recording properly because I was just so nervous this entire time.
1: I think we did great.
0: Oh, thank you. I it's love always you nice always. It's nice to see your
1: pretty little face.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, we get to see each other now, which is fun. We we'll have to like troubleshoot some more things, but this was fun. Stormy taking the time to just look at herself the entire time. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Beautiful. Your hair looks great though. Thanks. Be gorgeous. Oh, Debbie Ryan. Oh. <laughs> she said, Me looking at myself? No.
1: I'm totally not the big one in the FaceTime call.
0: And me over here, I'm trying to turn on the lights so I don't see myself in the camera. <laughs>
1: I mean, we could work on angles, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, I want my laptop to be, like, just fucking strapped to my ceiling so I can just, like, look up the entire time where all the fat just falls to the back of my face.
1: I want the the my, MySpace pictures that we used to take where it's, like, up here and your, like, ankles are crossed.
0: Yeah, and Gen Z hates that. Gen Z's, like, not about that. But I'm like, but no, baby, like, angles. Work your angles.
1: Gen Z's like, show me your rolls and let me bully you for them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. ridiculous but yeah so where can everybody find us storm
1: you can find us on twitter and instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod you can find us on google Podcasts, spotify apple podcast and podbean and pretty much every streaming service that you can find at slash her pod thanks for hanging out with us
0: yeah thank you everybody and we love you and stay spooky bye are you ready story you're making me laugh sorry <laughs> i'm used
1: to being by full myself posing. so i'm
0: just <laughs> you're full posing like this, <laughs> like this, like this. I'm just like, starving looking at Sometimes yourself, I messing have. with your hair, full Gemini, I can't stand Sometimes it.
1: Sometimes I have to.